Hello, everyone. This is Sean A. Barksdale of the 10 Minutes of Truth podcast. Today, oh, we got one for you guys today. We have a Mr. Charles Gates. Let me tell y'all, let me read this bio to you guys real quick. How you how you doing, first of all, sir? Fantastic. Let's get it. Oh man, beautiful. Um, Charles S. Gates is a high-energy award-winning, no-nonsense speaker, presentation coach. MC and author. He is a former Marine with 30 years as a corporate trainer. He helps business leaders bottle their message in 15 words or less and delivers with power and poise. His goal is to create a better workplace, create better workplace presenters one word at a time. Charles is passionate about inspiring and equipping individuals to become the best presenters they can be. His interactive talks and workshops are designed to change your thought process through enjoyable, easy to implement strategies. His success is determined by your willingness to say, I can do that. He has spoken at Dollar Tree, Capital One, National Storytelling Network, American Association of Government Accounts, the American Society of Military uh, Comptables, and the Help Desk Institute, to name a few. He is a frequent guest on podcasts such as this one, television and radio shows. His ebook, Bring the Zine, The Five Keys of Powerful Presentations, Briefings and Meetings, is available on Amazon Kindle. Charles has always been active in his community. Currently, he serves as the second vice president and community coordination committee chair with the YJCW NAACP, is an inaugurable member of the Williamsburg, Virginia Citizen Advisory Committee, the FBI Roundtable, Charlie Jane Speakers, and is a past district director and region advisor with, with Toastmasters International. He is married to the lovely Leilana. Uh, Leilana. Leilana. They have four children, uh, Tania, Tiffany, Chris, Zeke, and he has a German shepherd as a puppy. <laughs> Wonderful, brother. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. I've been up for hours. Uh, me for too. We, uh, look, we were talking about, uh, we were just talking about, I have done more before nine o'clock than most may do all week, sir. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I tell you what, first thing I do in the morning is is glass of water. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Breathing exercises and get it in, exercise my body first. Body first before anything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we're going to have a very candid conversation, of course, sir. Um, before we start, uh, <clears throat> what I like to do is so the audience can get just a little bit uh, 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 informed about who you are. I'll throw out two different <coughs> names or phrases. You pick which one vibes with you the best, okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, first one, Ford or Chevrolet? Chevrolet. Urban or rural? Urban. Football or basketball? Football. In person or Zoom? In person. In the field or behind the desk? In the field. Winter or summer? <laughs> summer. <laughs> okay. Up late or early to rise? Up late. Mm. 
Speaking engagements or consulting? Oh my goodness. Speaking engagements. <laughs> Lead or follow? Lead. Mm. And last but not least, how to kill a mockingbird or the spook who sat by the door? The spook who sat by the door. Ah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, once again, thank you so much for uh, coming on our show so that everybody can understand. We partnered 10 Minutes of Truth, that is, partnered with the League of Women Voters in order to get out an extensive message about voting. Um, there are 17,000 re-disenfranchised individuals that are being pulled from the polls, are not being able to vote um, because of the simple fact that um um uh uh, uh pardon me i had a, a, a <laughs> my mind went away from me. <laughs> it happens <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> but they um these seventeen thousand people are re-disenfranchised they're being pulled from the polls and not being able to vote for technical violations right mm -hmm. um <clears throat> and so we partnered with them so we could get this message out and so uh by way of the legal women voters this is how mr charles gate Gates came to us. Um, and we're, like I said, we're going to have a very, very distinct uh, conversation, of course. Uh, but first, I want to know, where did you gain your uh, political acumen from? You know what? I was in the Marine Corps. And when I was there, I attended a series of candidate forums. Mm. Didn't know anything about politics. When I grew up, that was not something that was discussed in our household on a regular basis. But when I went to this candidate forum, I realized that some of these people who are representing us, Mm. were not representing us they were representing themselves so as i got along in life and i realized that i was a pretty good speaker and pretty good motivator mm. i started wanting to work with different community activists and through the activism the politics just came into the fold so the answer to your question was almost by default it really wasn't something that i sought it just came to me because when the politicians would come and they wouldn't be so well-spoken, but I knew they could do a good job, they would come to me and ask me, well, Charles, what do you think about that? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I was able to give them advice that they really took to heart, and I saw it, the results of it during their presentations. That's pretty much how it came to me. Oh, wow. Around uh, how old were you when that? When that uh, early 20s. Okay. Early, it was early 20s when I got introduced. But mm. when I really got into it, I was here in not in virginia i guess it was in maryland and i was around the 1990s okay around the 1990s okay beautiful beautiful um i would definitely like to talk uh you know i want to come in hot on this topic of voting um because voting for me uh it took me 20 years to gain my voting rights back i i lost them actually uh mr gates before i even had the opportunity to vote first time i ever voted was in 20 it was a 2020, 2021. Um, and it was it was a distinct moment because I'm 40 something years old voting for the first time. And my 18 year old daughter is voting for the first time along with me. Um, but of course, a lot of people because of ignorance. Right. Which we know because of ignorance, uh, they're 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 failing to check their registrations. They don't understand uh, how the voting process works. Right. So. Uh, first of all, I would like to say, um, uh, are you able to speak to provisional uh, ballots? Do you know about provisional ballots? Not enough to really talk about it in depth. Okay. Um, 
Well, first, uh, uh, let me explain to the audience, right, uh, what a provisional ballot is. A provisional ballot is, say you go to the polls, right, and they're saying that they're, uh, you're not registered, right? You can, because of having the education, say, um, I know that I am registered. May I have a provisional ballot? What happens on the provisional ballot, everybody, is that they say, okay, they allow you to vote, but instead of taking and placing your ballot in the actual drop box or the regular where the regular vote would be at, they take and they seal it, right? And they put it in another uh, uh, place. And then after the polls have closed, they check. And if you actually were an individual that was registered, they take and they put your uh, 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 ballot in, in it with the regular uh, vote, right? So- um, that is extremely, extremely important that we have that information because you're big on education. You're big oh, yeah. on education. Um, so and I know that since you were a teenager, right, uh, you thrived on making things happen in the community. So in the community, what has been some of the effective methods that you have seen taken or, or that you have taken to get people to the polls? Well, number one, first and foremost, you already hit on it. Education. Mm. However, one person cannot educate the entire community. It Correct. takes a village to make that happen. So my approach has always been connect with people with the same mindset as you get together. And I have a three step approach, assess, plan, execute, hmm. assess the situation. What do we need to do? What is our end goal? Come up with a plan of action to make that happen. And just like Nike, just do it. Mm. So getting people together with the same mindset. And as you go along, it's like a snowball effect. As you go along, you will gather momentum because people will see what you're doing and they'll say to themselves, hmm, you know what? These guys are making a difference. I want to make a difference. I'm going to jump on board with them because they're doing it for the right reasons. So first and foremost, getting the word out and finding people of like mind. Because look, look at this, Sean. There are hundreds in most municipalities, nonprofit organizations. Mm. Most of them may not focus on voter registration or voting rights and things like this, but most of them have similar ideas in terms of educating the people for the betterment of the community. Correct. So why not partner with the Sierra Club? Why not mm. partner with some of these small local grassroots organizations that may not be a part of that, but part of their mission is to go out and educate the community. And we know that when laws are not passed and they affect, well, when laws are passed or are not passed, they affect us all. So these grassroots organizations, they have just as much of a vested interest in what you're doing as the people that you're working with in many Correct. cases. Correct. Um, that's a, a pivotal point that, that you're saying. I always talk about relationships. I always mm -hmm. talk about collaborations. This is a collaboration as well. This is what brings a, uh, a 10 minutes of truth or Sean Barksdale and a Mr. Charles Gates, Gates together is collaboration with the uh, League of Women Voters, of course. Um, you have an extensive military background, Mr. Gates. How has your military back background helped you to understand on how to navigate on educating about the political arena? First and foremost, in the military environment, you have a diverse array of people, people right. from 
all backgrounds. Correct. And what you said earlier, building relationships with them is monumental. I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. Correct. And but mom was very mixed as well. It was predominantly black, but it was very mixed. We had all uh, I'm a Jersey boy, so we had all types of ethnicities up in up in Jersey. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't speak the other language, but right, English, right, right. that's unfortunate, <laughs> but it is what it, it is what it is. <laughs> Different but, dialogue. <laughs> yeah, but but getting to know the people, right. not only people in person their personality, but understanding different cultures, because mm. that is so important, because not every culture is like the, the black community, for example. Correct. I mean, they just aren't. The Italian culture is different. The Czechoslovakian culture is different. The Portuguese, and you go on and on and on and on. So the answer to your question, coming from that kind of a neighborhood, helped me to build a foundation of understanding different people in different cultures. The military really helped expand that, because now I'm talking to people from other states, like people from Montana, who I never met in my mm. life before right. joining the military, Wyoming. Right. I didn't even know people lived in that state, wow. <laughs> much less wow. right. being working with them. So Correct. just getting to know that and then traveling overseas and getting to know the cultures overseas, the, the Korean cultures, the Japanese cultures, the, the German cultures, it, it, it all of it comes full circle mm. in terms of educating me, giving me the tools and the ammunitions I need to go forward and make a difference in my own community. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> that makes me think of my uncle. My uncle uh, is ex-military as well. He always taught me, you know, from, you know, teenage years. He said, Sean, when I enter a room, if I don't see a leader in that room, I become the leader of that room. And I take that with me everywhere that I go. Um, and that seems to be, you know, uh, uh, sort of an acumen for yourself as well having that type of education and that, like you said, that diversity, because we know diversity, equity, inclusion, is extremely important today is kind of a, you know, cliche to thing, thing to talk about. Um, but of course, coming from that background, it, it you know, it's phenomenal that, 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 and it, it, you know, the blessing of being able to communicate it with that many people. So I've, I'm sure that that has helped you a lot, you know, on your journey. Um, but, but sure. Let me, let me say this though. Yes, sir. When you're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, yes, and voting, they right. go hand in hand. Yes, but some of these people who want to get in office, some who are in office right now that we see on the news every day, if we do not get out and educate ourselves to get out to the polls mm. and vote for the right reasons, the right people, DEI is going to be taken away as much as some of these people can do so. Wow. They, some people just do not believe in that. It's unfortunate, it's unbelievable, but it's the reality of the situation we're in right now. And if we do not get out there in the polls mm. and vote, our, take out and exercise our rights to vote, some of these people who are banning books and all this kind of mm. craziness going on, Correct. they are going to take some of the things we're, we're talking about right now and try to kick them to the to the curb Yes, and make them go away. We see yes. it. It's, already, it's live and in color. We better it wake is. up and smell the coffee and get out there and vote. And if you don't know who to vote for, there are people in your community who know. Find those people and get educated. And time yeah. is running out in Virginia. November 7th is right around the corner. Yeah, and, and you kind of segue uh, into that education component. It's, you know, because that's why I used to be one of those people, Mr. Gates. Mm -hmm. um, I was mad because I couldn't vote, right? And then 
on top of that, I was so ignorant about my community and voting. I go, well, it don't matter. It don't count anyway. Right. But I thought, and this is while I was incarcerated, Mr. Gates. I said to myself, I just thought it just came to me. I said, um, if my right to vote did not matter, I said, out of all the things constitutionally they could have taken from me, they took my right to vote, my right to bear arms, and hold public office. I said, that means something. If they were going to jimmy rig, you know, right. the system, they could have said, well, leave it to them anyway. You know, we're going we're gonna to do what we want anyway. But that kind of was a shift for me and where I started to get educated. So with that said, I know that you are extremely uh, and profoundly big on economic empowerment as well, Mr. Gates. Um, in the black community, what is one of the important positions to vote on um, or for to help shift the economic empowerment in our communities? Hmm, that's a good question. To vote on from an economic power. Well, you know what, John? Again, it, everything comes back to getting educated. Yep. Because in different municipalities, there are different issues on the ballot. Sure, we have the Senate, we have the House of Delegates, and yep. in many municipalities have their local races. But in each municipality, there are those little issues yes. that I might not be aware of. Right now, where I am right now, there's nothing on the ballot per se specifically for that. Mm -hmm. But there are other municipalities around the country. Figure there's a, what, 133? municipalities in virginia that, mm. are, that are voting on november 7th Ex explain uh, 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 uh you said uh municipalities right mm -hmm. um explain a little bit for the 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 listener that doesn't even know what that term means what does that right. mean municipality means your community for okay. example i live in james city county virginia yep williamsburg is part of james city county okay but then you've got your county you've got over in the Shenandoah Valley, you have over just in this area alone on the, the peninsula here in Virginia. Yeah, you've got Matthews, you've got all these different counties. So wherever you live, whether it's a county, city, town, or village, mm. that is considered a municipality. Mm -hmm. And in these different municipalities, they have different voting systems, if you will. Right to make sure that your votes are counted in your municipality and to that end every municipality have its own has its own registrar mm -hmm. if you are not familiar with what's on the ballot where to go to vote how to vote what mm. are the steps to vote if you are elderly and cannot walk if you happen to be in a wheelchair what are your rights as a voter early ballots absentee provision ballots all of this information can be found out in your municipality through your registrar. Mm, beautiful. Through your registrar. So be get educated. And, yes. and let, let me tell you, most of them have an open door policy, especially now. Go into those offices. Unless you live in places like Richmond or Alexandria, some of the bigger cities, some of these smaller towns and, and, and counties, you can usually walk into the registrar's office, hmm. talk to someone there, and get educated on the spot. There is no excuse. Wow. Uh, wow. Thank you uh, for that, sir. Most people, you know, not just black people, most people, uh, like we said, they don't think their vote counts. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. My name is Charles Gates. I'm an author of a powerful book called Bring the Zing. 
five keys to powerful presentations, briefings, and meetings. Why? Have you ever been in a briefing or a meeting that just bored you to tears? Have you ever been to a presentation where at the end of that presentation, you ask yourself, what the heck were they just talking about? I have no idea. Did they go on and on and on and on? Sounded like a Charlie Brown adult. Wah, 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 wah. Or you finished and said, what the heck was that all about? Well, my book teaches you five powerful keys to powerful presentations where you take boredom and turn it into bringing the zing. Again, that book is called Bring the Zing, five keys to powerful presentations, briefings, and meetings to make you the best version of you that you can be. You can buy it on Amazon Kindle. Bring the Zing, five keys to powerful presentations, briefings, and meetings. Pick up your copy now. Um, let's talk about particular positions. I heard you say that a hundred delegate seats are up for re-election this year. And historically, 50% of them will go uncontested. First of all, what is a delegate? A delegate, there's a hundred delegate seats here in Virginia, for example. Okay. The delegates help to write the laws that are gone that go to the general assembly. Mm. Okay. Okay. So you've got, and many people have no idea what, how important a delegate is. Now, if you live in my area, we are bombarded with commercials now for delegates. Delegate, but delegate. the delegates, All the, the delegates are broken down into, I believe, fourteen different committees. And mm. each one of these committees, they range from economic empowerment. They range from environmental. So they're the ones who are talking about these issues and coming up with different strategies to make the to enact the laws, but they don't in, they don't necessarily enact those laws. That's that's through the General Assembly and, the, and all those people up there. But they're the ones who are sitting at the table and coming up and drafting these different positions that make a difference for you and me. Oh, wow. Um, and this is why I wanted to speak about these particular positions because a lot of times we, we're just ignorant of ignorant of these positions so thank you for that explanation so what exactly does a delegate i know you said they help with with the laws but you know i, I want people to understand especially in small rural counties how important a delegate position is so uh give an example of uh, uh, uh what a delegate actually what he what, what his role is in a community well, a delegate is a community member just like you and me. Your next okay. door neighbor may be a delegate. Okay. <laughs> they just may be. Okay. Delegates do not work. That is not the only thing that they do. They're not working okay. eight hours a day. They're right. not they're not over in Congress. They're not in DC. They're in our neighborhoods. Mm. But what they're doing is they're taking ideas from the community that they that they surround themselves with. And these communities are giving them the information they need to draft legislation. So mm. that's what they're doing. They're drafting legislation that will, in essence, affect you and will affect me. And not just there, Sean, but let me let me let me segue into this. Okay. Speaking of positions people don't know about, for example, the commission of the revenue, mm. the, the treasurer. Many people yes. don't even know the clerk. difference between the, right. the city clerk. And right. check this out water and soil directors those are in many municipalities these are 
positions that are elected in. And what you find is you have, in many cases, you have the same people serving in these different positions. Not to say that they're not doing a good job, but they serve in the same position for decades right. because people do not understand who they are, what they do, and ultimately the impact that they can have on you and me and our right. communities and everything right. that we have going on in our neighborhoods. Wow. So for instance, like you said, uh, I think you spoke um, about the treasurer, right? Mm -hmm. Just for example, uh, the duties of a treasurer in a, in a rural area. What are some of the duties of a treasurer? Well, look at it this way. You have a commission of the revenue and you have a treasurer. Right. One assesses. Right. The other one collects. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's very right. simple. Right. They, they'll, you'll get a letter from the treasurer's office. Right. Yeah, let me get that right. <laughs> you get letters from the treasurer's office. And even if you go to the, it's just in a nutshell. Right. One, one assesses, sends out the information, sends you the bill. They come mm. up with the, with the, how much you owe. And right. the other one collects the funds. Right. It's, it's really that simple. But most people, unless you're a business owner, mm. does not understand the difference between yep. the two. Most yep. business owners understand that because they have to deal with both of them. Absolutely. The average person does not. They simply think they're dealing with the treasurer only because they get those letters from the treasurer. Right. And then they pay the treasurers. But those, but those numbers are assessed and calculated by the Commission of the Revenues Office. Wow. So... <clears throat> I want everybody to understand that what, what we're talking about is how um, these individuals, they shape our community around us, these positions, these people. So it's our right because these people work for us. We don't work for them. This is what we want people to understand. This is why 10 Minutes of Truth is here to just give you the truth about uh, what these situations are and, and what these people are that you will be voting on and not just checking off, like you say, the soil and, uh, and waste and, and things of that nature. And we, you just check them off year after year after year after year after year. You don't know their name. You don't because you don't really think about it, you know, and, and, and our water is important. Right. It's extremely important. So thank you, of course, for uh, uh, sharing that with us and, and letting people uh, understand that as well. Uh, Mr. Gates, I know that you're also big on uh, health and wellness. You know, before we started today, that is how you started talking about, you know, how you you, you work out in the morning and 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 that mindfulness. Right, right, right. That, that <laughs> mindfulness, getting your mind together. Um, I'm, I'm very much studious uh, uh, with that formula myself. With health and wellness um, and voting. How important is it to understand school board members that we elect when it comes to the health and wellness of our children in school? Well, first and foremost, we have to understand that the school board takes their marching orders from the state mm. and the state takes their marching orders from the feds. Mm. So we have to understand that it is ultimately. Levels. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> the school board, we think that, well, the school board should do this. The school board does that. Right. But sometimes the school board members' hands are tied. Mm. However, how do you untie them? Again, it's about collaboration. It's about getting involved. Go to your local PTA meetings, whether you have a child in school or not, whether you have mm. no kids, it doesn't really matter. Because right. look at it this way. If our schools get unaccredited, our property values go down. 
Mm, wow. How <laughs> properties go value? How wow. property values go that? Because think about it. If let's say you're a, a a couple hoping to start a family, and you mm. move from another state into your neighborhood, and you have school age children. One of the first places you're going to look at is the school. How good is the school? Yeah, that's going to make a big decision as to whether or not you move there or not. If your schools are not credited or they're bad, bad schools, you're not moving there. Mm. And as a result, your value is going to go down. Everything in your neighborhood is going to go down. So we have to understand that we have to get involved with our school board. Number one, making sure we're voting the right people in correct in these positions. And yes, look and check it out. If you feel as though the people who are running are not the right people, if it's early enough, what's preventing you from putting your name in the hat? And if you need, don't know what to do, again, it all comes back to education, finding people that can help groom you, find, connect with different school board members that you feel that you feel trusted and you feel that are open enough to share their information with you and run for an office yourself. Why not? The only per people holding us back in many cases is the person in the mirror. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> that is, you know, we don't think that we play a part in a community, right? But we play a major part in a community. Uh, and and <clears throat> the more we can become educated, uh, the more that we can do. Like you said, those PTO meetings. Um, I have a, a, a daughter that is in VCU. And I also have two small children that I'm very, very integrated into the school system and understanding um, who's teaching. Because when they leave my home and I entrust them with you, I entrust that you're going to feed them well. I entrust that you're going to teach them well. I, we, we entrust with, you know, that if, you know, they get a boo-boo or that the, the nurse is going <laughs> to is going to do what what he or she is supposed to do. So, you know, we can't just send our children off as a babysitting method. That's and right. not really. So it's important that, like you said, um, you know, to be in those city council meetings, it, whether, you know, to be in those PTO meetings, whether you have a child there or not. Um, you know, you spoke on something uh, throughout this conversation about a person becoming educated, not being educated, what you can do. If there is a young man, a young woman or someone may be my age or your age that has never thought about voting before. Um, maybe they have heard something that says, hold on, maybe I, I, I need to get involved. I want to get involved. I've never heard this before. If a person at ground level, ground zero right now wanted to vote, learn about voting, what is the first things that they should do? Read. Hmm. Read. Look, how many of us do not have one of these nowadays? We've right. got cell phones. However, we have to be cautious because it, it matters where you get the information from. Correct. I would advise reading from a credible source, such as something that you're that you know and you're familiar with. Whatever something that's written in layman's terms, not like written like the Wall Street Journal, where most people have to go to another dictionary to okay, what does this mean? Here? Right. So reading is number one. Once you start reading and get a little bit educated, start to connect with people in your community. There are people out there that you see every day that you have no idea what they do. How in, Most people around my neighborhood have no idea how ingrained I am in the community until they see me somewhere like, that dude lives in my neighborhood. Yeah, right. that's me. Right. So connect with people and then connect with grassroots organizations. We said it earlier. There's, there's hundreds of grassroots organizations out here 
that are like-minded just like you. If you're interested in the voting, the political process, start going to your city council meetings. Start going to your board of supervisors meetings. Start going to your school board meetings. Go go to those, those especially this time of the year, go to those town halls mm. and listen to the people who hope to represent you. Yeah. Ask them, if you can, the tough questions, the hardball questions, not the softball questions, not the stuff you want to hear, right. but, the, but the questions and the answers that are going to make a difference in your life and in the lives of your community absolutely absolutely uh mr gates um you have a lot going on uh once again thank you so much for being here uh what is the future of the naacp um and the community um at at large uh when it comes to voting well the naacp we are we are advocates for collaboration Mm. We realize we cannot do it all ourselves. And this That's is right. why I was featured on the League of Women Voters podcast. That's right. Because we've we put together a series of different candidate forums and we came together as one, along with another organization, to put this thing together. So the answer to your question, what is the future of the NACP and voting? It's it, it's up to you. Mm. Everyone listening to this, don't make up the excuse that you're too busy to mm. get involved give me That's a right. break i'm as busy as anybody else have always been and i'm even a substitute teacher in the school oh, wow. so about once or twice a week i go substitute so i'm in there grassroots That's walking right. halls talking to the That's students right. talking to the staff talking to the administration but just getting involved getting involved that's number one and finding those people that want to make a, a real difference and again you don't have to lead you don't have to lead these different initiatives. Sit back, learn what's going on. Just like if you join a, a, a grassroots organization, a nonprofit, you're not going to be in charge of it when you don't even know what's going on. Sit back, relax, learn what's going on. Join a committee so you'll learn even more. Yep. And then once you learn, be a chair of that committee. And, and, and again, this doesn't take years to get done. Be That's the right. chair of that committee so you can practice your leadership skills. Start off with practicing your following skills, then your leadership skills. And once you get to that point, start to impact other people through your words to have them come on board. And I like to say, George, jump on this Aladdin's carpet so we can all go for this ride together and make a difference together. Beautiful. That is beautiful, Mr. Gates. Uh, how can people get in touch with, with you if they would love to help or just be, be, become more educated? No, they can always send me an email. I mean, my emails blow up anyway, so a few more won't matter. If my email is let's talk 1031 at gmail.com. And then I'm active on Facebook, but mostly LinkedIn. You can find me at Charles Gates, comma, DTM. Charles Gates DTM. I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can find me there and get more information. And if you DM me on LinkedIn, I will get in touch with you usually within 12 to 24 hours. Beautiful. That is beautiful. Everyone, this has been an explosive conversation. We definitely got to have Mr. Gates back on uh, because there are a lot of issues uh, that I, I definitely want to tackle. I'm sure that, uh, that that we can have, you know, conversations moving forward. Because like I said, we're always about collaboration as, as we spoke of throughout this whole conversation. Need everyone to know this episode has been powered by the League of Women Voters. Um, if you need to check your registrations 
If you need to understand anything that there is about voting, please go to www.vote411.org where you can get an extensive understanding of voting and what you can do. Mr. Gates, it has been a pleasure, sir. I'd like to thank the League of Women's Voters, specifically Candy Bradshaw and Joan Port, for allowing me to be a participant on a particular podcast. And I'd also like to thank this gentleman today, Mr. Sean A. Boxdale. Thank you. Thank you. This what is Sean. Yeah, absolutely. This is Sean A. Boxdale, and this has been 10 Minutes of Truth.